Hi, everybody. I'm Jason Malitsky. Welcome to Trust the Journey. <laughs> and I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to create conscious connections. We're here to grow and contribute through our practice of vulnerability, openness, honesty, trust, humility, and just being ourselves. Yeah, trusting the entire journey. Yeah, if you guys want to find us on the wider internet, at every channel, it's trustthejourney.today. But yeah, right on, family. Let's dive into this one. <laughs> it feels like a day. Let's do this. Here we go. Let's do it. So here we are. <laughs> We're going to be talking about principles and values today. Now, I posed this topic um, based on the fact that I often go with my gut. And we had our typical question a few days before the episode, what are we going to talk about this week? Um, and I, we had just moments, just literally moments before I had said, well, I'm currently listening to audiobook by Ray Dalio called Principles. And as I went to answer, I looked at the screenshot of the, of the book in my hand and I'm like, well, let's just talk about our principles. That's simple enough. The answer is right in front of me. So the go with the gut kind of feel on things is one of my principles. And I felt like when those things align, when those energies like stand up and jump right up in front of me and show synchronicity and, and then I, I try to pay attention to them. So, um, I couldn't agree I've more been, by the way, just immediately yeah. to echo trusting the gut. It's so a thing. It is a massive thing for me to courageously listen and intentionally aim to grow my awareness of my intuition so that I can make choices from that guidance. Like that is a big, huge fucking deal in my life and has been for a while, but like it's consistently a courageous, intentional act for me to do that. It's a, it's a powerful one, right? Like mm -hmm. I think most of the time we have ourselves conditioned to kind of quiet this chatter within. Mm -hmm. um, simple example is I have on, on a regular basis, this is a habit that I do weekly, it, it, at least once a week or more. Somebody's name, their face, a thought or a memory of a person specific person that I have not been in co recent communication with usually pops into my head and I go and I pick up the phone and I call them pretty much every single time. Yeah, me know? too. I don't necessarily call every time, but I do reach out. Maybe I'll drop them a text or an email or something like that. Maybe I'll call. Uh, but yeah, I've that's been a sort of mini practice I've been doing to cultivate my awareness of my intuition is that very thing. If I think of someone, I'm going to not not listen. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's the second time this week or the second time today I've thought that person, I didn't listen yep. the first time, here we go. Like for sure, yeah. If it's the second time, it's for sure. I'll almost stop what I'm doing at that point if it's the second time Same. to pay attention. The other one is a... Um, it's kind of this thing where like I'm walking out the door and I've had a, a, this has been a battle for me because I feel like, am I just being kind of scattered and running around doing extra stuff I don't need to do? Or am I truly listening to intuition? And that is, 
if I'm walking out the door to get in my car and I have this impulse like, oh, you should take that extra set of keys with you or bring your little set of headphones that you don't know that you need for anything. But I just like this impulse, like I'm supposed to bring that with me. And I generally try to adhere to it now because it's almost always the case that if I didn't bring my headphones, I'm going to wish that I had. Yep, same. Yeah. Same. I, I mean, seriously, that practice, it's its kind of a funny, fun little practice when it's not relative to big things and emotional things, right? So like I, I find why I say it's a big courageous move for me to trust my intuition. It's not in necessarily in those cases, but where like my stuff, my fears, and I don't even want to own them, just where fear might try to block me you know, where I'm still healing myself, whatever, those are the times where it feels courageous, even though it also at the same time, once I follow my intuition, it doesn't feel scary at all. Does that make sense? Yeah, like totally. it's, it's totally. so clearing in terms of my energy. If I really do trust myself and trust, like talking about principles, like that's definitely something I wrote down. I wrote the singular word trust. And the irony, of course, that the podcast is called Trust the Journey is not lost on me. <laughs> but, it's not irony. Um, for reals, <laughs> right? Connected to those, that commitment of mine to trust my intuition and to trust myself, as it were, which is also connected to trusting the universe and trusting the journey and trusting life, however you want to say it. That's a big, big, big deal for me. And so I lean into those intuitive charges in the smaller moments so that I have more muscle memory to hear it when it's the big moments when fear might try to come in and cloud my judgment or block my, my true connection to what and where my heart is calling me. That's awesome. And I can't say how much I value hearing you reinforce that exercise of, and the practice being an exercise, meaning the more that I repeat this type of behavior, the more attuned and accustomed I am to it, and the more I default to it or I lean on it when I'm in a time of challenge. And that is the entire reason for this episode is creating a set of core values, principles, guiding thoughts, practices, things that we adhere to in our day-to-day -day challenges, whatever they may be, so that we have things to help us with our decision-making process as they as we're confronted with them and as they surprise us and as they come at us from whichever way, you know? So I want to take this back around to where the concept started for me. And I think most everybody's going to immediately be able to relate to this. And that's important for me is to kind of let's like, let's get on this like same page for a second. It starts with our parents, right? Like almost immediately our parents start to share and impose their principles on us and a lot of time it's a very healthy process they really want to guide us the best that they possibly can and offer us things to take forward in our lives that are going to assist us in being 
good being good people and, and being able to make good decisions and and be guided um, along with them we also get some negative ones that come unconsciously or subconsciously that get transposed through our parents fears and through the things that they may or not may or may not be aware that they they hold it along with them um, what also comes for me is religion was a huge guiding factor in my youth mm -hmm. and i'm very grateful for the guidance that I got received through spirituality and religion. And so the ba most basic version, if I was going to go back to my youth and I think about what are, what was I taught as a, as a young boy, like if I was six years old, what was I learning? I was learning the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments were kind of the guiding principles of right. life of like how to be a good person yep. right along with that i was learning the ones that came from my parents which were being polite having manners um learning respect you know the simple basic things that how to communicate uh when to communicate what it means to be self-aware relative to others these kind of basic things and so as we, um, you know, we take ourselves back for a little bit to that time and space where we were being shown principles or values or, or ways of thinking, whatever word you want to use to describe them, those were being offered to us very clearly and directly. And as we move into our adult life, it starts to become up to us to clearly choose the set of principles and values that we wish to embody in our lives and the why yeah. the real reason why we're choosing into these types of thinking and how they're going to be valuable for us how they're going to serve us help guide us reinforce our decision making you know make everything easier in life really yeah it, i can't not go back to courage in that process too because it can feel like a separation when you find yourself called to something that maybe you you know weren't taught or that feels outside of the realm of maybe the family path or something like that i mean i can certainly aviation and skydiving was in my life and that's not a value per se but the lifestyle that i have led has been quite different than anyone i grew up around and that was infused very much from my value of freedom and experiencing life and experiencing and leaning into what we are called to do at a high high level like that intensity piece that tends to recur in my sharing uh but i don't necessarily count that as a principle per se although i would say it is a i'm not quite sure the distinction between principle and value but i would i definitely see freedom and life exper experiencing life as showing up it doesn't feel like a super super deep core value to me even though it, it is if that makes sense <clears throat> you know like things like being in integrity act in integrity honor your word like those types of things are feel more core to me 
if I think about how I, you know, I don't know, even just reflect on rising as a leader and stuff like that, I feel like it's built on those things of honoring your word and acting in integrity such that you're building trust with other people, such that you're fostering connections that are strong and real and rich. Absolutely. You know, and so I'm like, did I get taught that as a young person? Yeah, for sure. Did I have experiences as a young person where I maybe lied as a kid and felt shame around that such that I learned from touching the hot stove as it were emotionally yeah heck yeah you know so like growing from those experiences too tend to inform what we choose um does that make sense you know what I mean like I'm just sort of reflecting sure. on the the growth as a young kid and then as that continues to show up as our adult lives expand and our consciousness opens up let me um, divert us just for a second to defining the difference between a value and a principle. I just got the dictionary definition open here. And cool. a principle is first in order of importance. It is the main. Um, as a noun, it's the person with the highest authority. Gotcha. So it, cool. it really is putting something first. It's got about it. placing it at the front of the line to say, wait, this is what guides us. This is the deciding factor of value is in regard to something that is held to deserve the importance worth or usefulness of something kind of what it's its measure what's its value and a person's principles or standards of behavior one's judgment of what is important in life so it seems to me like your values when the the the, the words or the ideas that's it the ideas that we decide upon as our values become our principles as in they are what we work off of as our deciding factor they are the thing we put ahead in ahead of our emotion or ahead of our um fears you know ahead of our our and so oftentimes it can be ahead of our needs, you know, like we might think that we need something because we've been taught that that might be uh, the way that we would view something. You're like, okay, I have to do this because I need the money. And then you go, well, wait a second. I actually have a value that says it's more important for me to live by this standard that I've set for myself than to have that money. Absolutely. Right? So, that's a, a really simple example, right? And we, we've sense. all encountered that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry to <clears throat> jump in. I, uh, it no, makes no, sense that... Talk a lot over that... you. Talking... <laughs> 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 uh, it makes sense that, you know, the freedom experience would show up as values, that those are maybe not as, like, they are not as top priority. You know what I mean? Like, as top, top priority for me, it's more those integrity pieces, honoring your word, you know, being brave, that type of stuff, trust, those things really stand as core, core principles for me. The deeper, deeper things stand as priority for me, no doubt. I, um, I feel like at, it's a, the reason why I so comfortably threw this topic forward was because it's really 
really relevant to me right now in my life in the sense where on a daily basis, multiple times per day, I am finding myself faced with decision-making processes, either individually or in relationship to working groups with others, and having to answer questions for myself or respond to circumstances or decide upon a path and constantly reflecting inwardly to how do I truly want to respond to this? How do I truly want to act in this circumstance? What is the way that I wish for this to play out due to my influence on it, whether it's my, me influencing myself or me influencing others or un, others influencing me. And this process of creating a set of principles for oneself is something I'm very actively involved in right now. And it's not it's obviously been something that's been happening my entire life, right? Like this is, did not just start happening last week. It's been happening since my you know eyes opened and the first cry of the baby came out, you know? And it's just now, as a 46-year-old man, I'm doing it consciously and thoughtfully and with deep introspective relationship to why would I do that in the first place? You know, like, and it was... Um, it's kind of like we all we've all done versions of this through our lives at some point or another you know like first time that it really happens is when we're a teenager right and we're like you know what parents i'm so happy for all the things that you've tried to impose upon me and that your values are so important to you but i'm going to create my own yeah you know yeah and <laughs> yeah, peace I, out yeah our first um, that's that's it, right? Like I think that defines um, that adolescent state when we reach a point in our intellect where we're able to recognize the difference between the principles or values that have been that have been um, our parents have been wishing to share with us and get the words out in the right order here, the right words. Our parents have wanted to share their values with us, their principles with us. And we get to a point where we go, I've reached a point in maturity in my own mind where I can now choose for myself. And to me, that's kind of the line of when a child moves into adolescence and becomes that young adult. And they're like, okay, wait, I'm going to choose into this. And I get to make the rules now. And that's a really cool point in our lives, right? And we make a bunch of really dumb decisions at that point, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah, a ton <laughs> of really bad ones. And then some point again, I would say it happens in, as we move into what is truly considered to be adulthood, somewhere in that like 18 to 21 year old range, right? Like after we've had about eight, eight or 10 years to kind of chew on being a bigger person. But then when does it happen again? You know? And it, it's going to be different for all of us, right? We're all going to have different things that trigger it in our lives, whether it's uh, relationship changes, you know, getting into or out of um, deeply bonded personal relationships, 
or whether we have uh, losses in our life, uh, like the passing of a close family member or work situations, careers, things that are going to trigger any kind of like, wait a second, why am I doing this? Why did I, why was I doing this in the first place? Yeah. You know? Oh, and, and yes. We, right? Yes. So I don't know what iteration this is for me. I haven't been keeping track. I haven't I didn't been even keeping know track it was either. A, I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> Damn. You know? It's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I always joke about, and I know you said like, oh, here's a 46-year-old man. I say that a lot. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm 41. I'm like, uh, it takes a while, you know, when I'm sort of, uh, you know what I mean? Like when I'm uh, re reassuring clients or talking with friends who are maybe feeling badly about their trajectory or timeline of personal growth. And I'm just like, it's who, yeah, like it takes time. And who's to say what timeline is right and wrong? There's zero judgment on any of that, you know, like at all. I would imagine there's a ton of people in the world that never lean into personal growth, that hold the same values and the same level of consciousness their whole lives. And that's right and good for them. And that's fine. You know, for me, that's we've talked about that before, but it's that's just not how I want to roll. You know, if I think about it, growth, you know, embracing growth. That's a core tenant for sure for me. You know what I mean? Like really believing in growth as access to our highest contribution, our highest evolution, our highest con and deepest connecting, you know, loads of things that matter to me, I think are connected to that embracing of growth. And not to say that that is without struggle, like I think I posted a thing on Instagram the other day about it was some meme that said something about people want growth and evolution and transformation, but they don't want the pain and struggle. That if we also really love and embrace the pain and struggle, we can see and recognize the opportunity, the beautiful positive opportunity in that pain and in that growth and in that struggle. So I really, really believe in that, believe in growth. That's such a, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if we, if we talked about this before, it kind of, it's ringing a bell in my mind, but the relationship between the mind and the body is so relevant there that the physical body needs struggle is to grow as well. You know, we ha it, it hurts, man. You got to be out there fighting for it, yes, like yes. fighting for it. Like yesterday, I'm, the reason I'm so groggy this morning and a little behind schedule getting started is because I was smoked this morning. I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Because... <laughs> I smoked myself yesterday, you know, I went out and I did a big workout late in the day and I was exhausted afterwards, but it feels great. You know, like I, I was like, yeah, man, I really pushed that muscle to, to be more active and to be more on point with where it needs to be, to be being exercised, you know, and that, that mental practice and physical practice, there's no difference between the two. Your mind is your body, your body is your mind. Those two things need equal amounts of uh, not just stimulation, but of struggle of, of work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that, like this idea of choosing your challenges. Obviously, we theoretically want to choose and be open to and be grateful for all of the things that life delivers us. So I, I, I hold that. I, I believe that in terms of accepting, you know, if we're thinking about being accepting and open and trusting of life, 
that we like and accept and see the opportunity in all the things, not just the things that we like and want to do. And then on the conscious side of the house, if we're choosing growth, that's different than navigating life and life challenges that are unexpected that come our way, not in our choosing. You know what I mean? The other side of the house is we choose areas in which we grow. We take on experiences we take on conversations we take on you know whatever it is that we think will help us grow in a way that we might want to grow i've been scratching down a list for myself um as we've been talking because i've been chewing on this like i said for a little while now and it's been a lot of concepts and a lot of ideas bubbling to the surface and kind of having it starting to um i think the way it's like coalesce i'm starting to go okay well i already have this strong set of beliefs i already have this strong set of beliefs i already have this you know these different kind of clouds of ideas that that, that make up who i am as a person and and they guide my general direction in life but I've never really taken the time to write them down, to literally put them on paper and make a list and let that list keep changing and just keep adding to it and refining it. And right now it's going pen to paper, but it's going to go into a, sh a worksheet for me. And I'm going to then be able to move them around and recategorize and prioritize and, or, or group them into categories together just to better understand and there's such a powerful process in just, you know, instead of pushing play on Netflix, just kind of putting a notepad on the lap and scratching down a bunch of ideas of like, what's important to me in my life? Why do I make these decisions? What do I care about? What do I want to have when I'm old? You know, and what kind of person do I want to be able to look at back at when I'm 60 or 70 years old and say, this is the person that I was because these are the principles that I held, you know? I love that. And, and I love the yeah. idea of reflecting consistently because we do grow and change, right? The things that I held dear and held highest as highest principles as a 25-year-old are likely to be not the same thing as what I hold dear as a 41-year-old, you know? So that consistent reflection is great. One of the things that I do to keep my principles and values top of mind, aka keep them present and available as best I can when I am faced with decision making is I I have written them down and I do have them in my easy view in my life. Like they're written on paper, post-its and other pieces of paper, and they're taped to my wall that I see regularly every single day unless I'm traveling, you know? So that really helps me. And I... Yeah, I mean, just keeping that stuff top of mind. And why that's important for me, in, and you mentioned this earlier about the triggering moments, is that when we feel triggered or stressed or our fight or flight wants to come up in whatever form it comes up for us, we have to be prepared for those moments. We really have to be prepared Otherwise, it is very easy to not be able to take advantage of that opportunity of feeling triggered and blocked and clouded 
as a moment to choose differently based on our values. We have to be ready for that. And how we do that is keeping the stuff top of mind, consistently reflecting, and leaning into things that we might have been avoiding. I love that you mentioned uh, top of mind by actually surrounding yourself with them. Um, and the post-its is a, is a great example. I keep very few things on my desk. I like my desk to be quite clear um, as I like it to be an open space to think. And I only have a few things to fiddle with in my hands and a couple pieces that are important or deeply connected to me. And a while back, I'd say it's been a couple years now, I, I decided to place this upon my desk and it's very, very poignant to this conversation. And I don't know if it's going to be backwards when we go to see it, but if you're watching the YouTube, you can see the Sanskrit writing and it's ahimsa. And ahimsa means nonviolence, right? It's a, a way of being that just means that can live without any violence towards self or towards others. And this is one of my very, very core top of the list kind of principles or values. And I, I've kept it in that, like within reach, it's arms reach away, you know, like literally right there to constantly remind me what I wish to embody in my life, the character that I would like to look at, look back at and read the book about. Yeah. You know? Oh, love that. I mean, I would certainly be remiss if I did not mention love and hilarity. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, I've said that for a long, long time and I consistently have reflected on that. Like, do I really believe that? Is that really still true for me? And there consistently consistently i've believed that love and hilarity are the two most important things in life in that order i've said that many times and i've reflected on it many times as i've grown and grown older and my experience it's interesting because recognizing having a youthful view of that of love for example and I'm talking about like universal love and it can be, I think, commingled with romantic love. It can be commingled with just all different versions of love that might show up for people. And I bring that up because one of my experiences in life, and this is a broad share, but meaning because I believed so much in love and I didn't understand boundaries and standards back as a younger person, I would often find myself feeling very hurt by certain engagement with other people. And so it's not that my value of love has, as, a, as the most important thing in life has changed. It actually has not. It's just now I feel like I understand how to navigate human relationships a lot better than I did as a young person. So I'm not necessarily feeling the hurt of uh, like an overstepping of a boundary and really clarifying those things for myself so I can express them with love to whomever I'm expressing it to, right? Because that doesn't, just because a person has a boundary or a standard does not mean it's not fully infused in love. And that's really one of the biggest things I'm working on in my life and feel proud of that I'm working on and growing in. Like that's something I really, really like in my life right now. I absolutely echo that. The, 
the value of self-love of being conscious to my own needs is such an overarching theme in my life right now where I couldn't think of anything more important to me on a daily basis than my own mental and physical health. You know, that's Mm -hmm. like the top of the list. And I feel that in recognizing that there's an openness and an availability to myself first that puts me in a place where when I engage others and make myself available to others, I'm able to do so in such a more honest, true, full, present, and valuable way. Absolutely the same. And I've really connected that self-love with loving others. I really deeply believe that, that you know, that's another thing that I believe if we talk more about principles is that universal connectedness. Like I truly. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I truly. Just going to say. It's awesome. I love it. I know, (laughs) I know. It is not surprising, Jay, that we are doing this together. I, I am not. It's just, it feels very, just the universe winking at us going, you have support. Hashtag we are one. Yes. Hashtag one love. Hashtag we are one. Yes. Like that's very real. I love how that really started. It reinitiated, you know, our connection is you doing that and me going, I'm coming out of a period of my life when I want to be a part of community and I believe in that message. I'm not quite sure. Am I cheesy to care about that? But no, look at all these people that are doing that. Oh my God, that I respect and love. I'm going to see in being a part of that. And then a year later, you going, hey, I'm going to trust my intuition and send Mel an email. And here we are. Like, I believe that very deeply, you know, and of course, everybody listening, I'm so, I mean, again, we say this every time, but I'm so grateful to be in your life too. Thank you. You know, like, I don't want to go off on a gratitude tangent because I could spend the whole episode on that, but that universe sorry go ahead go ahead (laughs) next episode yeah next episode gratitude gratitude, deep dive take two um but yeah that universal connectedness and that true belief that when i am loving myself i am also loving you like whomever that other person in my life is that may feel like historically i've been very averse to conflict and felt disconnection as conflict and felt differing views as conflict, which I, again, I'm very grateful to say I've done a lot of work to reconcile that that is simply not accurate. Love can exist and does exist even when we differ in our opinions about what maybe is right and wrong, quote unquote. And that's sort of the judgment. That's a different conversation on judgment. But even when we differ in views, love exists in my experience. It's, uh, this whole process for me is so, like, I feel like, you know, like when I start to really make a list and really write down and and start getting into it and they start to come off the end of the pen real quick and all of a sudden I'm like, bam, 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 you know, like, these are important to me. These are important to me. And they're not, (laughs) they're not like 14 year old important. They're 44 year old important. 
You know, they're completely different kind of important. That's not the same thing as when you're a teeny bopper and you're like, oh, yeah, it's important to me that I hang out with this or do that. You know, like the, the, the impulsive. These these are not impulsive. These are decades of practice and knowing that I've made these choices the wrong way. And I know the result of doing it the other way. And now I'm able to be experienced enough to look at it and go, Nah, I know the right way to do this now. And I know the true value and why it's made it onto my list is because having had that, that life experience. And I know that I easily our listenership, gosh, is so vast, right? Like so many people of so many backgrounds, so different, so the same. Everybody having the same set of fears, the same set of shame, the same set of guilt, the same sets of joy, the same sets of humility, you know, all the exact same emotional spectrum. It's all this, you know, as different as it is and individualistic as it is, the emotion set is the same, right? There is a defined list of the things that we tend to feel. Mm-hmm. how they are brought up when they're brought up that's our individual piece of the equation totally. but when it comes down to it the philosophies that guide the bigger picture bigger picture decision making this is where the root of organized spirituality lies it's why that comes in so early in so many of our lives and it is to me it is the true value of that you know, I I have struggled through my life when it comes to religion because it was very, very imposed upon me as a young person. And I was very unhappy about the degree at which it was imposed upon me um, because it didn't allow me the opportunity to make my choices in the way that I felt like I wanted to be able to do so as a young person. But my gosh, I wouldn't have wanted to have to tread the waters of life without that set of guiding principles, right? It really saved me from going way into some bad places in a lot of times. And here I am back at a later point in life, really getting back into and extracting the true value out of that guidance and really kind of like, picking and choosing the really important pieces to go that really really nails it for me that one particular piece it just says so much and it doesn't need the greater context of a umbrella with a name over it to say this is the dogma that it falls into or underneath you know Mm -hmm. Uh, it's more in that value that I, I really tend to look at all offerings whether it be Buddhist or Christian or Muslim or Unitarianism or, you know, Hindu or whatever it might be. And I pull something from every single one of them and say, you know, this makes up who I am is a little bit of everything. And so I'm grateful for all the work and all the effort that goes in by everybody to maintain our greater consciousness of these ideals as as a people. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. It's like, don't we don't have to agree with everyone. We don't have to take every piece that we hear. We get to engage these ideas, however they come to us, right? If we engage 
various religious views or we engage whatever ideology and then we consider it you know the the conscious consideration of that and again going back to that reflection as we go and grow and you were like okay this is my older person more experienced more considered set of views it's it's funny because it makes me think you know yeah love and hilarity but i also wrote down and this isn't necessarily a principle per se but it shows up in the values front for me is that belief in fun being and being important in life like fun and excellence not being mutually exclusive and really believing that our ability to rise and perform and grow is is when we have fun with it when we have lightness when we find the humor we've talked about this before but i i want to just briefly touch on it again because that's it really is something that has held true for me just like anything else anything overused is suspect you know what i mean so in its healthy balance as it were and i don't mean that judgmentally but for me if i'm never serious then of course that's not probably a healthy thing if i'm never having fun or enjoying myself or the process even if it's challenging then that's suspect as well so anyway i just wanted to highlight that because it does show up for me as consistent value and something i care to stand for in the face of the fucking rigor of life <laughs> which makes that. me laugh in itself it's I like, love that you're life. holding yourself accountable there. Huh? Like, I love that you're holding yourself accountable. You, I was listening to you there, and I'm just objecting. You know, just so I'm, I'm sponging it up, right? And I'm listening to Mel, and Mel's on a tangent about how she doesn't take anything too seriously. Like, if it's put too much of it, you know. And then I'm like, oh, she's talking about herself. She's not even talking about like other people's ideas being. This is her own self-evaluative going, wait, if I get too much on one side of the coin, then I should stop trusting myself because that doesn't offer the balance of being also on the other side of the coin. And that is such a powerful statement in itself that no matter who we are, or who we think we are, we have to stay humble to always being willing to be open and critique our own set of ideas and I had just opened the definition for ideology, a system of ideas and ideals, especially one which forms the basis of economic, political theory or policy. Now that can be personal political theory, like my own way of observing how I w walk through the world, you know? And it's so interesting because as I heard you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I would do that, always do that to incoming, you know? I'd be like, oh, these people, they have their set of values or set of principles are much too far to the right for me. You know, they're imposing all this heavy right to me. And there's this other group and they're all heavy left. And I don't want to be on either side of those. And here I am being on the other side of that, being closed down to either one of these, right? And not actually realizing that by having the door slammed, I've now closed the door on myself.
Yeah. It's powerful stuff. It's not easy to look in the mirror. <laughs> you know, like really look in the mirror and go and and acknowledge if we really believe we are all one, then theoretically we see ourselves in everyone. And not that we are all of those things per se, but that all of the things out there theoretically we are capable of being if we so chose. And so that's that's the idea of like, I don't have to choose to be or believe something that feels not a fit for me. And again, that does not necessarily mean that love isn't present. I can't not go back to that because that non-judgment judgment piece is a big deal definitely for me as well in terms of values and principles is really, really doing the work to stay open-minded and non-judgmental about other people's experiences. That does not mean that I allow and approve everything for myself. I'm making judgments of things that are right and wrong for me. And whatever other people are deciding, I want to, I, I can say that's for me or not, but it doesn't mean I'm judging them as right and wrong as a person. For sure. You, um, I just wrote, look in the mirror on my list, you know, and it's a, process something that I do on a regular basis uh, is and for many many years I did it daily as you've heard me talk about in previous episodes where I'll stand in front of the mirror and look myself in the face and tell myself that I'm a world champion and lie to myself you know <laughs> <laughs> lie to myself and world champion and no you're not you know you hear the little voices going on but then the the what came up when you, when you mentioned it this time was a, a, a powerful story, and I'd like to share. It's very short, but it really, really hits home on this topic for me. And I was spending time with good, good friends, and one of them is a good friend named Camilla. She's absolutely wonderful, and she's become very dear to me over the years. And we were taking a very intentional journey with LSD and the point was very clear to ground ourselves to sit together as a close group of friends and to let a bunch of the stuff that had been hard for all of us bubble to the surface and create a space where we could process it and where we could belch out some of these fears and some of these challenges and let hugs be happen and let tears happen and let you know create this connected space and this is a spiritual practice for me that's I've been very fortunate to have in my life for a very long time yes. and in that experience I can remember looking at her at one moment looking across and going are you ready yet and she's like for what and I said to go look in the mirror and she's oh gosh, and the eyes drop and the head drops. And it's like, oh man, I don't want to have to look at myself because I'm going to see myself. Mm -hmm. You know, if I look in the mirror, I'm going to see exactly who I am. And I'm scared of that, you know? And it's so, so true. It's so honest. Like the, you know, the, the analogy that gets tossed around in like the, you know, jokingly with regards to um, looking in the mirror on psychedelics is this like there's a fear associated with it 
it's because we can truly see uh, the real version of ourselves and i know from having been there from having done this many times for deeply reflective state you know to sit there and, and stare yourself in the eye and go am i happy with the human i am am i happy with the decisions i've made to this point do i have any guilt any regret do i have any things that i need to fix do i need to go back and right wrongs do i need to make changes about the me now going forward because can i keep living with the version of me that i'm seeing when i look in the mirror and i can remember the grip how tightly she was gripping my hand as we walked into the bathroom to stand and stare ourselves in the mirror and the the gulp of the throat you know just like that like okay okay i'm working up the nerve i'm working up the nerve and the fear is not, it's based on having to be truly aware of self and having to say this is me this is the real me this includes all my bad stuff and all my good stuff yeah. and i'm gonna now have to realize that that accept that that for truth and, yeah. and i can't can't argue with it and such a it's so clearing and so powerful it you know? is so much it's going back to courage it is yeah. such courage to truly allow ourselves to be seen by ourselves like to see ourselves and acknowledge ourselves yeah that's something i also wrote down it's a very simple thing of be seen which is more external but um i i love that you said that because even in just whatever path we are taking in terms of growth and enlightenment and change and evolution transformation all those words that we use as growth-minded people it's a thing and it is a the most powerful part starting point in my experience when we really acknowledge where we are like it as painful as that is and it's it makes me think of because i just went on that tangent about non-judgment right and being open-minded and allowing of people's humanity and stuff like that a piece of what I've been working on is really learning how to stand up for myself, like really recognizing that I've overused that as a way to stay small in certain styles of conversation when it might behoove me, not in like anger or or malice or any any sort of negative tone, but to really and truly be able to speak what's right for me and be okay with however that is received. I've definitely avoided that a lot in my life. And that is has been easily avoided based on this sort of undertone of, well, no judgment, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. And it is, and if that's overused, just like we were saying before, if that's overused, it's just as suspect as being underused. You know, if I were consistently, nope, 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 that would be, you know what I'm saying? So I, I acknowledge that in my own self and its impact on some of the results I've gotten in my life and my relationships. And so I'm just working to change that. And it's cool. I mean, it's again, it's not easy to make these kinds of changes and to look at ourselves and wonder 
if the change that we're thinking about making is going to even make a difference because it's new to us. We don't know if it will help. We don't know if we'll be any good at it. We don't know if it will elicit results that make us feel more pain, right? So it's a courageous fucking move. I can't not say that enough. And that's, I don't know, I just go on and on about that, but. I'll, I'll, I'll kick off of one of those comments yeah, that you made. Please. And it's one of mine that I have held. And it's, I'm going to say that it's one of my most powerful as far as a catalyst, as far as opening me up to being able to look at the possibility of new things. And it is simple, try new things. Love it. Try new things. Love Just it. especially, I feel like I'm a world traveler, you know. I started off in a small part of a suburb, you know, and I lived in this little community and that eventually moved to a different suburb. And then I moved to a little tiny town that had like 50 people in it you know, mm -hmm. and eventually ended up traveling the world and going to all these different countries. And I would constantly get things put in front of me as far as opportunities to try something that I haven't tried before. And food is the, just the simplest example, all right? We have these habits, these things we're familiar with. We're like, oh yeah, I like French fries and I like, you know, hamburgers and I like hot dogs and this is what I grew up with. So this is what I like. And then when somebody pushes like, you know, chicken feet in front of you, you're like <laughs> mortified, terrified. For those listening, Jay's face. It's not what I'm familiar with. Therefore, I don't like it, you know, and I've intentionally adopted a way of approaching things that it's like try new things try it you might end up loving it and i would say i still love hamburgers and hot dogs you know french fries are delicious but chicken feet are amazing you know <laughs> and the value that's come from that in my life of just always telling and this it, it was a caveat of your comment of be suspect so be suspect of my own judgment. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know what I like. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. I don't know what I like. I think I know what I like. I've told myself that I know what I like. I spent my whole life practicing this routine that I think that I know what I like, that I've been telling myself that I know what I like, what's good for me, what I care about. But chances are, if I open up myself to the idea of trying new things, I might go, damn, wow, I actually like that. What a surprise. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Oh my gosh, so true. But be careful because it can tear down your entire version of self. Oh God, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> try one... new things, indeed. It's yeah. so fun to try new things and it's, it can feel scary, it can feel fun, it can feel uncomfortable, it can feel awkward, it can feel so many different ways. It's funny, like one of the things, and I did put things on my list for today's episode that are things I'm, I've added recently to my, my, yeah, like, well, I mean, new in terms of new clarity around it and new intentionality around it. So the trust and be seen, those are pretty core tenants, but those are relatively new in terms of having written them on my list to stay top of mind. And another one was slow down. For me, it's a patience piece. Like I'm willing to act. I've always 
been very willing to act. I've also been impatient when I have felt disconnection and when I've felt what I would perceive as conflict. I've always been, I've always had a hard time being patient through that, wanting to instantly solve it. And there's a part of me that really believes in in solving things as quickly as possible, no question. But what I don't have practice in as much is the patience piece with my own self and my own processing of what I think and feel. So if I go back to my commitment to being conscious and considered and wanting to come from, truly come from love, even if I'm saying a dissonant remark or whatever, is that that slowing down piece has allowed me to really act from that more core tenant than quickly solving a conflict that might feel like it needs to be solved immediately. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's just allowing emotion to pass, giving the intellectual mind a chance to have at the same thought, the same feeling, the same experience, and getting to view it from right brain versus left brain or upper self versus lower self. Depends on who's describing it, you know, but giving just a little bit of time to something and allowing it to process for, for a bit often changes our perspective on things. Yeah, definitely. I just kind of want to share these last two, even though yeah, we're running please. out of time. I'm like, <laughs> oh, we can. there's no lo- rule. We yeah, can that's long. true. It's okay. For, right. Rogan well, goes on for three and a half hours. <laughs> who made up this rule that we have to be done in an hour? Boom. I love it. Conscious consideration. Um, so these are two other sort of new things, but I care to have them. If we talk about our spiritual practice, like I can talk more about this in another episode, but like spiritually, spiritually growing myself and finding deep healing, a couple of the other things that I got from that work that I've been doing on myself is to receive. I've been very classically give, 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 give. And again, I'm not saying that as a point of pride, by the way, because a lot of times I think historically I would have taken pride in that. I'm so giving, I'm so generous, I'm so whatever, right? The identity really latching onto that as something that's really quote unquote good. And I believe it is, don't get me wrong. I, I still very, very deeply believe in being a generous, loving, giving person. And I want the balance of that and I want to practice into the balance of also receiving. And that is something I have historically not been that good at. So that's something that's definitely made my list. But I wanted to make sure I said that. And there's one more I'll say, but I want to give you a chance to comment on receive since you had written it down. (laughs) I, I wrote it down as a different word, but I wrote it down as listen. And it's the same tenets, right? It is yeah. just whew, like quiet the self, quiet the self, quiet the ego, quiet the need to project, quiet the need to take charge, quiet the need to answer all the questions, quiet the need to rush in there and try and fix everything. Because, you know, I think we're very much alike in the sense that I'm, I feel like I, I can do it. I, 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 I. And right next to listen, I have written down no I only we yeah we exactly oh i love that like seriously i love that i write all of my i mean it sounds stupid but it might sound stupid maybe it does i think it's awesome because literally i write all of my facebook posts and my the the memes that i create yeah boom i i 
I use we because I believe that. I really believe it. I believe it's us as a collective, us as a, you know, universal whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And anyway, the last thing I wrote, which I'll share, which is sort of connected to that, is having this recognition, and again, this is coming from my own spiritual growth and evolution and effort to grow and heal, is recognizing the light in myself and being willing to own that. And I don't say that from an egotistical place. I say that from a pure place in that I believe everyone has this and everyone is, you know, their own version of like a ball of light. You know, it sounds sort of weird to say that, but that real true feeling of being light, like, like I, you know, I kind of say it in jest, like I'm a ball of light, like you have no chance, you know, <laughs> you know, but to really own that when I am not blocked by my stuff, I feel like that, if it makes sense. And so there is a, I feel called and challenged to own that. And again, it does not mean that I am not over here challenged emotionally. It doesn't mean that I feel confident all the time. I don't at all. I just know and I feel like I've accessed experiences in my life and trajectory and growth and spiritual practice that I feel really truly connected to that as part of who I really am. And I want to just simply share that. So owning it is me just being willing to share what I actually think and feel, what I actually stand for, and which is another reason I love this episode, because it's giving us a chance to do exactly that. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of you, Melanie. I think you set a fantastic example in the world of how to embrace that light body self, how to be courageous, vulnerable, hilarious, loving, all the things that you have shared as your set of principles and values radiate from you as a person. And I don't think anybody is going to argue with that point. There's going to be a reinforcement, you know, following my statement um, from all of our listenership and everybody who knows you. And I, as I say these words, the reasoning is not just to adorn Melanie with praise, but to reinforce for everybody listening that the practice of intentionally creating these guiding principles for ourself is what intentionally creates ourself, right? It really bring it right back to the whole point of the episode is to, to take that deep introspective look and question everything about ourselves yes. always and continue to be willing to change and can continue to be willing to be open to looking at ourselves and going, oh, that version of me wasn't the best version. I'd rather do a better version. You know, and just be willing to take a pen and go and scratch that one out, erase it, scribble it, whatever works for you and put a new one next to it and say, this is what I'd rather be. And if that doesn't work, just do it again and just do it again and just do it again. You know, I love so, it. I love it. I enjoyed all. this episode. Oh, this was it's fun. good. It's good shit. I really want to hear from our peeps. So guys listening, please feel free to write us. Like, I know we talk about the social media at the end of the episodes, but I, I, I would love to hear people's thoughts and what you got from listening to this. What stuck out to you? What did you hear? 
and felt a zing in your heart or brain or being. Like, ah, uh, that's the stuff I want to know about because I hope that you letting us know will inspire or help you to lean into those things, which is something I believe in for all of us too. So yeah, oh, so good. Awesome. I would remind everybody that our website has a comment section underneath the episode and that is a great place to make comments about what you've heard here but you know what if you want to make a comment you can put it anywhere you want on instagram we've got trustthejourney.today and you can throw comments and feedback up there we have a facebook page which is mostly just to keep uh, that presence in facebook but you could comment there and we have our Trust the Journey family, which is our group that is intentionally safe and trusting and curated group of people, which I'm so proud of that we have. Um, if you decide to become a member of Patreon, we would love to include you in that group. And if you want to join Patreon, you can find the button at the bottom of our website, trustthejourney.today. I'm so stoked with how the Trust the Journey family is starting to engage. And I really seriously, for people listening, it's legit, you know, and I and Jay mentioned it being a safe space because we talk about deep shit and it's if we're not used to that, I want to really remind people that that is part of our mission here is to create these safe spaces and like minded commute this like minded community so that we all can explore deeply and connect deeply and grow and laugh and all of that stuff. I mean, everything we say at every episode, you know, like we love you, you know, remember, keep laughing, keep loving and keep trusting the journey. That's very real for us. And you are welcome to join us at any point. It's a pleasure having you, everybody. Thank you so much. Right on, guys. Love you. <laughs> nice.